Welcome to the Uncharted Podcast. I am your host, Inez Franklin. My hope for you today is that we discover faith beyond the boundaries. Uncharted is intended to be a safe place for you to listen, learn, and challenge yourself along your journey of faith. May grace and peace be with you today. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Uncharted Podcast with Ines Franklin. I hope you have been enjoying our conversation with Sharon Hottie Miller on her book, The Cost of Control. In no way are we saying that these podcasts replace uh, the idea of purchasing her book. I hope it actually has encouraged you to pick up a copy for yourself. There's so much to cover that we just can't cover on just a few podcasts. So I hope you have been enjoying that. If you already got the book, if not, go and get one. Now, today we're going to continue our conversation. And, and now we turn into this idea that control is actually costly, that our craving for it actually takes some many, many things from us, some things that are really precious to us. And why why it is that we control we've covered but what it costs us man that is so important for us to really be able to change our attitude of our our desire and our craving for control so i hope you enjoy this uh, podcast she's only going to cover a few of the ways in which control harms us uh, so you may want to pick up the book to get the rest but anyway enjoy so i'm excited to continue this conversation this time turning from why how we control, but now to, okay, what does it cost us? So, you know, as I've been thinking, Sharon, about this subject, I realized that we can have a lot of knowledge about how, how we control or why we control, but to be motivated to make a change, we have to have a sense for what are we getting out of it and what is it costing, right? So I love that that's the direction you went in your book. Uh, I always say that when wherever we're stuck in a behavior, we're probably getting something out of it that we need to evaluate if, mm-hmm. if what we're paying mm-hmm. for that is worth it, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's actually, it's always costing us something. So, you know, obviously your book, that's what it's titled, The Cost of Control. And that really is your deep heart that you want to tell people, hey, what are you getting out of this? And is it really worth it, right? So yeah, tell us a little about, about the consequence of control. Yeah, I mean, the I've, I've probably mentioned this before. I, it's hard to remember because we've recorded these now over like a long period of time. <laughs> yes. And so some of this might be kind of a repeat. But for me, I've always known that I shouldn't control things, you know, that I should let go and let God, I should surrender, I should trust. But that knowledge was never that helpful to me just in the in the thick of it but understanding that control it's not just that i shouldn't but that it will actually cost me that was the motivating force for me to actually let go and so i really wanted to drive that home i wanted the i can't remember if i mentioned this before but i wanted the cover to be a lot more foreboding like i wanted it to be dark and broody and ominous and i wanted there to be like a devil or something on the <laughs> on the cover and my my publisher was like no we are not doing that like people will not buy a book with the devil on it but i really wanted <laughs> i really you call wanted the devil's deal, right? You, you yeah, call control yeah. the Even devil's that, deal. Even that, like calling yeah. control devil's deal, that is in, if you go on to Amazon, you will see that that's one of the first sentences that I use to describe the book. And even that, my publisher, books really that 
the way books tend to be marketed is uplifting and positive and encouraging and, and inspiring. And so they really did not want me using that language in the description. And I really fought hard for it because I said this was the thing that this was what motivated me was understanding this is not worth it. Like it is going to cost you. And that it really truly is, both literally and figuratively, a devil's deal. And so that's why the book has that that title. But one of the big costs that I, I look at in the book, and one of the ones that I've experienced myself, is relational brokenness. And we see this play out again and again in Genesis. Like as soon as control enters the world, we see people constantly trying to manipulate one another, constantly trying to engineer outcomes. And it only ever produces relational brokenness. And so that was a big one for me, which I know I've said this before, but it's, it's a very different question to, to ask, you know, should I be controlling my husband? But instead asking, what is it costing my marriage? If I get my way in this moment, what is it costing my marriage? And so relational brokenness was a huge one that was really motivating for me. And then the other one that is in the subtitle of the book is anxiety. And just understanding that whenever I'm trying to control something that I cannot control, it's going to create greater anxiety in me. And we tend to miss that that dynamic is happening because we blame like the situation on our anxiety. We think, well, I'm anxious because of this thing. And if this was better, then I wouldn't be anxious. And there's an extent to which that is true. But what is actually exacerbating your anxiety much, much more is that you're trying to control a situation that you cannot control. And so you're essentially squandering any piece available to you whatsoever in that moment. So there's more than that, but those were the two big ones for me. Yeah, you wrote, you said, whenever we try to control something in order to fix it, we end up breaking it even more. I love Mm -hmm. that quote. That's so good. (laughs) I mean, because it's true. (laughs) when we go after, for me, I'm a perfectionist. I'm an activator. I like to fix things. And so that's really my my go-to place as far as the use of control because I'm I'm trying to control something in order to fix it. But if I know that my attempt to fix it is only going to break it more, that's a good that's a good stopper for me. It kind of pulls me back like I'm so tempted to want to fix this, but I know that if I try using this method, I'm only going to break mm-hmm. it more. That yeah. was very instructive for me in how you yeah. spoke about Yeah, because we that. really – one of the reasons we turn to control is that we genuinely believe it's going to work. And it and sometimes it does work for a short period of time or it works in some way. But you maybe you can be forcing someone in your life to do something. Maybe it's an employee, you know, where you're you're controlling them and you're getting a certain outcome, and so it's working, but not realizing that it is actually fracturing your relationship with them. It's breaking the culture of your staff. You know, there's going to be a cost somewhere, even if you experience success in some way. And that was also really helpful for me to understand. Yeah, you mentioned, I don't know if I heard this in a podcast or, or in the book, because I now, have, in, the, in some of the podcasts that you've been in, I'm, that's what I'm saying, where you talk about your kids, how sometimes our, we get away with the control when they're little, but the outcome or the cost and the consequence of that control doesn't show up until they're much older, at which time you can't do anything about it. You've already 
created the foundation for that, right? So it's not just what it's costing us now, but what it might cost us in the future. Right. And and with parenting, it's so nuanced because we are given tremendous influence over our children. We are given authority. We are given power. We we are called to disciple them and to steward them and to teach them and to guide them and shepherd them. You know, all of that is is God-given, God-ordained, but understanding that we cannot ultimately control the outcome of the choices that our children make. And if you mistake that and you try to control it, that's that's when you're you're going to start going off the rails in your relationship with them. And I think that this is even a helpful reminder just with our kids' behavior. If you have little kids, yes, I am called to discipline them and to 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 give them consequences for their behavior, but I cannot control their behavior. And and especially anyone who has a kid who is has special needs, who is maybe on the spectrum, you know, I I can't control my child's response to a situation that is really overwhelming to them. You know, I can help them, but I can't control. And and even with with little kids, you know, their brains are still developing. They they don't always know how to self regulate. They don't know how to process what's happening, and so they process it badly. And if we think my job is to, you know, break this child's will so much that they aren't having meltdowns in Target, that they're never responding badly in public, that is not what God has called us to do. And that is a controlling form of parenting, and it will have consequences down the line. Very true. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you tell the story of Hagar in, in the book, uh, and her. this is an example of <clears throat> people trying to take matters in their own hands, trying to fix it via that vehicle of control. And I, I think about her story, and it really saddens me because she gets pregnant and then has to run away because she's treated so poorly. And when God meets her there, he tells her this son is going to have conflict. So the generational consequence of that decision affects an entire nation of people, N not just a, a woman, you know, a slave woman, which of course was terribly mistreated um but but it but it has consequences so far beyond i think if we had insight of that we would be terrified to be so controlling we'd be the opposite we'd be scared to be controlling yeah that story is especially important and significant because sarah was doing what she thought god wanted you know, God had said, you're going to have all these descendants. And then it didn't happen, and it didn't happen, and it didn't happen, and it didn't happen. And at some point, Sarah thinks, well, maybe I need to help. You know, maybe I need to do something differently in order to accomplish this, this vision that God has given us. And so I'm sure on some level, Sarah thought what she was doing was right and maybe even godly. But because it was actually about control, she broke her relationship with her husband even more. She abused this woman. And then, you know, the product of all this was Ishmael. And now we have this poor child who is experiencing the fall. I mean, just the relational brokenness of it is catastrophic and generational. 
And so I think that is a really great example of someone who thought, I'm not being controlling, I'm being wise. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm being a good steward of the resources that God has given us in order to accomplish this vision that is from God. And I think we do that all the time with control is we, we contort our, our reasoning for why, why what we're doing is okay when really at the heart of it is engineering an outcome, controlling it instead of just waiting on God. But in this case, engineering an outcome that God had promised. So, you know, sometimes right. yes. our outcome is like, don't embarrass me at Target, please. You know, that's, yeah. in, or don't embarrass me at church. But, but man, this is like a really high, wonderful outcome that God promised. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so that can be very confusing sometimes. And how, if we are thinking we're hearing from God about something he's calling us to do. I mean, I, I think of my own writing journey. I started 18 years ago, feeling called to write and thinking like, I can't write. I don't have enough of an education. And and I'm going on this journey trying to make that a reality. And it took 18 years because I made so many mistakes along the way. And I look back, mm-hmm. even hearing you share this, thinking, wow, but part of my journey on this calling that I felt, did I control? And what are right. the consequences that are yet to be revealed because mm-hmm. of that? Right, like mm-hmm. it's that can be frightening. Actually, it's frightening mm-hmm. right now <laughs> to think about it. Yeah. Oh my goodness, because that's a good example of godly um, motivation, mm-hmm. it, at least on the surface. Right, a motivation mm-hmm. that appears very godly and seems very right, but mm-hmm. yet deep inside, it takes a great deal of, um, I don't know, understanding of yourself or reflection mm-hmm. to determine between the two, which one is, mm-hmm. which one is actually behind our action. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't want to get ahead because we're going to talk about, you know, the alternative to all this and what we do when we feel out of control. But, but in this place of consequence, how would you encourage us to say, like, here's how you can look at the consequences as a way to determine if you are controlling towards a, a negative or a dark motivation versus doing what you feel called to do, which is right. Like you say, disciplining your children versus controlling your children, it, it can be nuanced. Right. Yeah. I mean, the consequences are a really helpful red flag of, you know, this I'm straying into the realm of control. So for example, now, whenever I notice I'm feeling really anxious about a situation, that's that's a sign that I need to pause and ask, am I feeling anxious right now because I want to control or I'm trying to control something that God has not given me control over? And then making a choice in that moment, am I going to continue on in this anxiety or am I going to accept the fact that I cannot control this situation and release it to God? Another sign of control, another consequence of control is exhaustion. Yeah, burnout. We burn ourselves out. Yeah, we burn ourselves out. And I talk a lot about how when we think we are the ones making everything go round, and and this is really tempting for me and my husband because we are lead pastors. And so my, my husband especially, it's really easy for him to think, if I don't show up, this whole thing falls apart. If I don't do a good job, this whole thing falls apart. And 
a lot of pastors feel that way. And and that's not the only, I think a lot of mothers feel that way. <laughs> you know, like if I don't do this, the whole thing falls apart. We just apart. went through Christmas, right? Like, man, that would not yeah, happen exactly. without me. <laughs> exactly. And if you don't rein in that thinking, if you don't put boundaries around it, if you don't practice Sabbath, all, all of that, then you are, that control is going to take you to a place of burnout and exhaustion. And so whenever you're starting to feel that way, that's also a really great opportunity to pause and ask is, am I trying to keep all this in motion? You know, am I living under that burden, essentially? And so that's that's been a big one. And then in terms of the relational brokenness piece, again, this is a, a really... This one takes so much wisdom and discernment, even with my husband and I, because we will disagree sometimes over church stuff, you know, big church decisions. And and I'm faced with the question sometimes of, is it, am I going to get my way in the church, this church situation, or am I going to just release it because it's not worth it to the damage that this is doing to my marriage? And the answer should always be, it is not worth the damage it is doing to my marriage. Because without, we we can't lead our church without our marriage being healthy, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and that's not even the, the most important of the priorities. But, but in terms of, you know, our ability to lead, we the marriage is essential for that. And so I, I think with with marital conflict, with relational conflict, it takes some discernment, but just having the the wisdom and the insight to notice, oh, this is starting, I'm I'm pushing this person now. And it is creating some some brokenness between us and it's not just them, you know, not just blaming them, but but taking ownership for, am I trying to push them in a direction that they are unwilling to go? And realizing if when you do that, people don't want to be pushed, like people don't want to be controlled. And so if you're pushing someone in a direction they don't want to go, it's going, there will be some sort of consequences for it. Now with, with children, like all the time, I'm having, I'm making them do things they don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> one bite, you know, just one bite of that broccoli. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so it's it's like a little bit, it's a little bit different there. It, it takes a little bit more discernment there, but um, especially when it comes to adult relationships, that pushing piece has been really important for me to pay attention to. Yes, you know, I um, when it comes to uh, burnout and exhaustion and th- th- those things that you talk about, those costs of control. Um, the sometimes we think the consequence of all that is the externals. Like it's hard to take ownership of that. It's hard to realize like, hey, the way that I behave is creating this burnout. The, the, the decisions I'm making are creating this exhaustion, not, not the external world. I mean, I, some places we have, we don't have the ability to stop the exhaustion, but I'm amazed how often I'm responsible for my own exha- exhaustion more than anyone else. Uh, probably most of the time, actually. <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, and, unless it is, you know, a really toxic work environment or a really toxic family situation, you know, looking back throughout American history, 
slavery. You know, there there's there are situations in which your agency is stripped and you are being forced to work at a pace in a way that is depleting to you. But outside of those situations, we have tremendous agency and we get to choose, you know, what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it is very easy to try and blame, well, if they didn't ask me this or if I didn't, you know, but I, a lot of it is us making, I mean, and, and I think for, for women, it's really easy to blame. I just have too much going on with my kids and, you know, all, all this stuff. But I, I think for, for women, what is actually driving us is our, where our identity and value comes from is as like this type of mother, and I want to be seen as, and, and I have a whole chapter on like the cost of controlling your your reputation, wanting to be seen, wanting to be thought of a certain way. And that can cause you to say yes, to do too much. And, and it can feel like it's out of control, it's around you, but it's actually you have just forfeited a lot of agency because of this need to seem like this kind of mother. Mm. Oh, that's so good. So important. You know, as I think of my own children, I, I have five. Um, my husband and I married and he came with two daughters and then I have a son and two daughters. So we are step parents, we're grandparents, we are, we call ourselves smoothie because we have so many categories in our family. We're past blended. So, Aww. and I think of our own family and how little control we have and yet how much we try, you know, I, 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 do you recommend a, a T chart when people are trying to decide, like, am I, am I creating consequences for myself? Like, like, I'm, I know we're going to get into the promise of God, but even here in just understanding the cost of it, you know, if I'm say, for example, <clears throat> my son just this, this weekend, he went uh, snowboarding with his two sons and they're driving in the snow because we have these storms coming through and he's telling us how he's going in his Prius and how scared he is. To, he's never driven in, um, what is it called? Um, is it dry? When the roads are icy and it's going to uh, be dark. Black ice. Black ice. And it's, you know, he's uh -huh. getting there in the night and, uh -huh. you know, I'm thinking of so many worst case scenarios as he's telling me the story. And I'm thinking of my son and his two boys stranded somewhere, not enough blankets. So I'm giving him a list of things. He is 38 years old. And I'm going, okay, <laughs> you need to have blanket in your car. You need to have enough water, uh -huh. enough food for a few yeah. days. And, uh -huh. you know, so are you sure you should drive that car? Maybe you should rent the car. And then I caught myself, I caught myself like, he's not a little kid anymore. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like to catch. And I was grateful. I caught myself in this conversation with you and your book has really helped me with that, to be honest. I mean, I want you to know you're in my head a lot because of that. And because at that moment I was going, what am I doing? I'm trying to save him from harm. I have zero, zero control over that. Uh, I have influence in helping him prepare perhaps but really my anxiety was more about like, oh my gosh, you're, you're going to have a car accident or something. Yeah. 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 So this, this is probably going to lead us into our final conversation, but I do have a chart in the book where I show the difference between agency and control. 
and looking at what is the the influence that we do have because you do have influence as his mother. You know, it's it's not bad to say, "Hey, have you thought to bring a blanket?" or, you know, something like that. But if if you sense that anxiety is what's really like I'm trying to relieve my anxiety by making sure he is safe when actually I can't make sure he's safe. I'm not there. I'm not God. I can't, you know, hold his car in the cup of my hand, you know, and make <laughs> I sure. I want to so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, But I do think, I think that's where we can also have grace for ourselves and, and to know that it's very normal for mothers to check in on their kids and make sure they're doing okay. And I don't, think we ever fully outgrow that. But just keeping an eye on if I'm letting anxiety drive this instead of just intentional shepherding as his mother, then it's going to he's going to start to feel talked down to and, you know, like he's a little kid. Instead of exactly. Adult. Part of me when I was hearing myself, because I didn't ask him, you know, hey, what are you doing to prepare yourself? I, I assume he wasn't. So that in uh-huh. itself was a, not a very healthy posture towards him, right? Because you're right. Uh-huh. It it communicates to him. I already believe you're not thinking wisely about this. So let me uh-huh. let me be the wise one here. Uh-huh. Which, yeah. again, this is, hey, listeners, if you're a parent of little kids, this is kind of a little bad news. And that is that we're dealing with this well into our adult children, even after <laughs> their parents themselves. Yeah. It doesn't like go away because we're uh-huh. all, they're always our children. They're always our yeah. children, uh, yeah. no matter how old they are. Um, but yeah, trying to like bite my tongue and go, you're a wise man. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you can make mm-hmm. wise decisions and you, already you're thinking about it. Therefore, I'm assuming you're trying to take some steps towards caring for yourself and caring for your children mm-hmm. who he adores. So I don't need to be the one to carry all that. So Right. Yes. Well, this is a great place to pause because then when we go to the next podcast, we're going to talk about the promise that God gives us and this idea of agency versus control and kind of like, you know, what do we do when we feel like we're out of control? What is it that we can actually do that is healthy and it's good for us and for others? And instead of costing, it can actually bring life. So I'm excited about the next podcast. So friends, make sure you go and listen. Thank you for listening to Uncharted Podcast with Inez Franklin. Learn more about Inez at unchartedpod.com. Follow Inez Journey on Instagram at Inez Franklin. Sign up for our email list to receive direct access to online experiences and more. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.